and made my first real estate uh, purchase. Uh, I was able to save up some money. I bought a one bed, one bath apartment in Calgary. That's where I'm from. And, uh, and realized that um, the house that I was living in wasn't paying me. It was more of a liability instead of an asset. And so I wanted to switch that. And so I heard of this thing, Airbnb, and I'd never used it at the time. So I go, well, I want to go on vacation. I recently broke up with a girl after five years and I'm going, I want to go to Mexico. I want to go to Las Vegas. I want to party. And so I did exactly that. I went on vacation. I listed my property in Airbnb. There was this time, this thing called Calgary Stampede. And I got $400 a night for 10 days, paid for my vacation, paid for the mortgage for the month and realized that in 10 days, uh, why wouldn't anybody do this or everybody do this? And I'm like, well, I don't have enough cash to keep doing this over and over again. So what if I started using other people's properties? What's up, everybody? My name is Mike Shogren here with my co-host, Emmanuel Pani. We're part of a group of specialized real estate investors you've probably never heard of. We didn't start with deep pockets or wealthy families, and we don't rely on 401ks, mutual funds, or traditional real estate investing. In fact, many of us don't even own the properties that fund our freedom. If you ask the money experts out there, they'd say what we do is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. It's happening through a new niche called short-term rentals. We are Short-Term Rental Nation, and these are our secrets. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Short-Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Shogren, here with my main man and brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. What's going on, E? My brother, I am so excited for this episode. Um, our guest, we met on Clubhouse. I feel like that's the line of this last couple of episodes. If you're not on Clubhouse following me, Mike, and our guests, please do so. But we met on Clubhouse and... He sent me an IG message and I looked at him and I was like, holy shit, this guy, this guy is the guy. Like we got to have him on. Um, so I'm super, super excited to have him on um, one. And then I'm doing great, man. Like we just filmed another episode with uh, Noah Hoffman that got me super fired up because he just brought a whole other level of like hustle. He kind of reminded me of like Gary V, like that Gary V hustle of like getting up at five in the morning, driving three hours for a meeting and then driving three hours back. So I'm like. I'm lazy. Like I, I need to do more. So I, yeah, I'm just stoked. I'm stoked. So I'm super excited. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, without further ado, uh, today we have Braden Ross on the podcast. He is the co-founder of a short-term rental company called plenty of villas. Um, and he goes by Mr. Airbnb on Instagram. So make sure you guys follow him. He's always putting out some good content and he helps uh, management companies and luxury boutique hotels increase their occupancy and revenue. And he has scaled his portfolio now to over 4,000 units, uh, some of which are on Airbnb, some of which are not, but he's built uh, quite a business for himself. And we are super excited to have him on the podcast. So what's going on, Braden? How you doing, man? Hey guys, I honestly, <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting the, the introduction and full transparency with anybody listening. Like uh, a lot of people are very structured with their webinars and, or so that they're, they're Zooms and their podcasts and you guys just definitely laid all, all on the line and just, it's very impromptu and I love that. So things are great. Uh, I'm on the other side of Canada. I'm Canadian. Uh, and like uh, you guys said, we, we met on Clubhouse, which is fantastic. If you're not on Clubhouse, uh, I think they're already worth hundred million dollars or something like that. I don't know what it is, but it's a fantastic app. And I think it's connecting the right people with the right groups and really at the core business of it all, um, aside from Airbnb, um, it's just one of those things where I, I think without that network of people, um, you know, we, we wouldn't be as far as we are today. Everything's a network and a, you have to go out and find it and connect with the right individuals. And so happy to be on here. Uh, I've done a few podcasts before this one definitely seems super fun. So excited to be on. Yeah, I love that, man. And it's funny, real quick, before we even dive in, I was watching that new show with Grant Cardone, Undercover Billionaire, and you mm -hmm. nailed it with what you said. Like the first thing that he does, they basically the premise of the show is he goes undercover, they drop him in a city that he's never been in before, they give him a hundred bucks and he's got 90 days to build a million dollar business, right? So the first thing he does to your point is he's like, I don't, the hundred bucks isn't going to do anything for me. I need people. I need to go meet as many people as possible and figure out who the players are in this market. And like the first few episodes, he's just hustling around making a few bucks, but trying to figure out who the players are in town. So I think that's such a spot on point, especially when you want to grow like a, a, a large scale business. Totally. It's funny. You're, I was just watching that last night. That was until two in the morning. I watched, uh, he's in Pablo. <laughs> right. So yes, it's, uh, it's super cool. I actually thought, you know, Hey, like, why not, 
why, why, why not take the, the idea of what they're doing in 90 days, a million dollars, 90 days, is a whole different level, but uh, why not try to do 30 days and try to hit hundred K and be dropped off in the middle of nowhere. And for micro entrepreneurs compared to those guys, you know, be able to create a series out of it. I think that'd be fantastic. And it's an idea that I have this year to maybe try out. I mm. love that. I love yeah. that. Well, yeah. tell us a little bit more about your background, man. Like how did you get into real estate and short-term rentals? Like what was that path like for you? Yeah. Um, so four and a half years in university, uh, two different, uh, or one college, two universities, uh, two diplomas, no degree. I never finished my full degree. I was going for accounting. Um, I switched that up for management and realized that um, ever since I was a kid, and I think a lot of people may or may not agree, whatever, uh, but I think a lot of entrepreneurs are kind of born from a younger age. Um, you start hustling when you're young, whether you're selling Beyblades, flipping Pokemon cards, which I still do for fun because it's a craze now, um, or, you know, uh, selling lemonade. It, I don't, that from the very core of what entrepreneurship is, it's really just a hustle at its very base foundation and really solving a problem. And I think that a lot of people um, that I find that I'm friends with and that have been very successful, they have that, 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 uh, that it factor that born to be a lot of them. And some of them learn to be entrepreneurs over time. And maybe they just didn't release that, that uh, level of uh, skill that they maybe didn't, they didn't know they had. So for me, um, you know, rewind to what are we at? I almost forgot what year we're in 2021. It's just like a continued 2020. Um, so rewind to 2016, uh, I was leaving university. I started a company called Rossbox and it was a TV streaming company um, where I realized that here in Canada, cable was super expensive. And so my brother came to me one day and he said, hey, I have this Android box and it can pretty much stream anything like a laptop. Um, and I'm like, well, obviously there's implications to you know what you can stream, what you can't stream. But much like a laptop, you're selling the tool um, and people can have the choice to watch Netflix, YouTube, all those things. And I realized Apple TV was starting to take off. So I created Rossbox based on the idea where people could have a beautiful all-in-one system. Uh, and I started learning how to do a little bit of like programming on the apps within the platform and uh, realized I'm not a programmer at that point. So found somebody who was and, uh, and realized I was a marketer. So I started doing little craft sales where I'd sell these boxes and doing free uh, demonstrations and using the local buy and sell groups. I was actually got into some mom groups, which I'm obviously not a mom, but I realized through friends of mine who were moms, they could get me in and women talk so much. And at the time I had no money for marketing. I was a student. And so I would start using these groups to do free demonstrations. And then in person, I would sell these boxes for $200. Might cost me $100. So I make a hundred bucks a pop and uh, saved up enough cash that summer and made my first real estate uh, purchase. Uh, I was able to save up some money. I bought a one bed, one bath apartment in Calgary. That's where I'm from. And, uh, and realized that um, the house that I was living in wasn't paying me. It was more of a liability instead of an asset. And so I wanted to switch that. And so I heard of this thing, Airbnb, and I'd never used it at the time. So I go, well, I want to go on vacation. I recently broke up with a girl after five years and I'm going, I want to go to Mexico. I want to go to Las Vegas. I want to party. And so I did exactly that. I went on vacation. I've listed my property in Airbnb. There was this time, this thing called Calgary Stampede. And I got $400 a night for 10 days, paid for my vacation, paid for the mortgage for the month and realized that in 10 days, uh, why wouldn't anybody do this or everybody do this? And I'm like, well, I don't have enough cash to keep doing this over and over again. So what if I started using other people's properties? So um, I had no idea what a sublease, master lease, rental arbitrage, none of that was. Um, and I went on this website called Rent Faster and it's just like Zillow. And I called homeowners, got a lot of no's. And then I finally got one homeowner who met with me uh, over coffee and said, yes. Long story short, didn't read the bylaws, got fined five grand on that second unit, lost all the profits <laughs> I had made from it, lost my security deposit, lost it all, had to restart once again. And uh Went for a third unit. My third unit uh, partnered up with somebody that uh, later on I realized was actually pretty much just stealing from me. Um, so lost that investment as well. Um, and then over time, I realized I didn't even have to rent these properties. I could convince homeowners that they're going to make more money on the Airbnb unit if I just do a revenue share with them. And I would, what I would do is I'd put a performance guarantee on it. So if they didn't make an additional $500 more per month, that was my standard, on whatever rent they were asking for, which is six grand more a year, I would come out of my management fees at the end of the year and cover the difference. And so I started landing management uh, deals. Not everybody said yes, but people who wanted to make more money guaranteed at the time. Um, and I switched that up real quick. I stopped guaranteeing, but I realized that uh, with one or two units, it worked out successful. And um, I wanted to teach people this model. I started doing live coaching. 
long story short, I uh, got hooked up with Ty Lopez out of Kame, or I was, I went to GrowthCon 2, Grant Cardone's event, ran into him in Mandalay Bay, uh, become one of his top th- uh, 300 regs to richest students out of his SMMA program. It was a side hustle I was doing at the time. And um, the, a year later, commented on a post, he, they flew me out to LA and I was teaching in the SMMA 2.0 program, pitched the Airbnb idea, started teaching it more and realized that um, I started connecting with the right people. And this is what we we're talking about initially is the networking portion of um, how can I connect with these way smarter people, way more successful people, people that have a lot more money uh, than me and a lot more time than me. How can I get to that level and how can I do it quicker? And so I failed so many times initially because I just was so reluctant to getting a mentor. I was all about, I knew everything and I really knew nothing. Um, and school was never going to teach me what I learned. It was more of like, let's just fail and learn that way. And so I started to mitigate a lot of that failure through finding the right mentors. And luckily I got connected with guys like Ty Lopez, Alex Mayer, Manny Koshpin. Um, you know, I'm good friends with his brother, Mozzie. He's one of my very, very best friends. And so it became a level of, okay, what are these guys doing? Well, they're thinking on a mass scale. Um, and a guy like Manny, for example, you know, he's, he's well known in the real estate world for his commercial real estate. Why don't I just take this model of commercial real estate? He always says, well, why don't, well, actually I shouldn't say he always says, but this is something I've heard is like, why not just, uh, why not just go ahead and do a deal on a commercial real estate for 40 million bucks instead of do a residential and for 40,000 and on a commission. And I think that what triggered with me was why don't we integrate what happened with Netflix to Blockbuster and Uber to taxis. And there shouldn't be a bridge between hotels and Airbnb and there shouldn't be a fight. Why don't we just synergize it? And so I reached out to a friend who had a hotel here in Canada. He said, let's do it. Let's put it on Airbnb. Again, made some mistakes trying to figure out how the mapping worked. He had a cloud bed system and figuring out how these PMS systems were going to integrate. Um, and over time, I realized like with 10 clients who gave me 200 units at once, I'm at 10 or 2000 units instead of going homeowner to homeowner. And as I've learned, you know, there's pros and cons to it. You're sharing a schedule. Um, we're only marketing the available days for these hotels and management companies. So you're only able to book out what's not already reserved. Um, with a full management contract, like a revenue share, what I can do is I'm actually given the full schedule. So I could actually make more money on one unit doing just a single uh, management contract. And later on, you can sell that company because you have the contract directly. Um, and then also rental arbitrage you have more risk on having to pay rent, but there's also a lot of time more room and less headache dealing with homeowners and updates. So there's pros and cons to every model. And just our model at this point, uh, and my uh, co-founder Otis uh, here in Oakville, he he was one of my students in my program. I created a program for Airbnb. Um, And a lot of guys who create programs online, whether it's e-commerce, a lot of it's fluff. We know that. Um, And I didn't want that. I wanted to be able to just go in, show everybody in eight weeks, this is exactly what you got to do. And you could finish it faster in eight weeks. Um, And by the way, I'm not trying to plug my program right now, but there's literally, uh, there's so many things in this Airbnb space where you may think like I can get a home, list it, analyze the deal, and then be off to the races. But it's, as you know, way more than that. Once you start to scale automation, if you're not automated from reviews to cleaners, to delegations, to backups, like it is a headache if you don't know what you're doing. And yeah, today we have partners in Bali and Croatia and Tulum, uh, St. Bart's and Puerto Vallarta, they're all over. And so that's what we do. We just market the available days for these hotels. I love that, man. And we were talking offline too. Tell them a little bit about <clears throat> like the website that you've built that it it's, you were saying it's basically like the one, if I could take the the top 1%, like the best of the best yeah. from Airbnb and focus on those. And again, thinking profitability wise, mm-hmm. if I can get the best properties, talk yeah. a little bit, a little bit more about that. Okay. Um, so uh, for people that are, whether you're just entering the space or you've been involved, there's a company out of Montreal here in Canada that was called Luxury Retreats. Um, I think the guy's named Joe Poulin, who sold the company 300 million bucks in 2017. Perfect exit because obviously after the, during the pandemic, uh, everything hit the fan. So um, Airbnb had this, this website called luxury treats. It was called uh, luxury treats and by Airbnb or an Airbnb company. And these were like the best of the best. We're talking like 50 to a hundred thousand dollar a week stays. uh, If you want to stay at a cabin in Whistler that holds as 16 bedrooms, like we're talking like, things that Airbnb normally would cap at $10,000 a night, but it's beyond that. So I think what we wanted to do, and I've always realized this was my best Airbnbs weren't always the biggest, 
I'm going to say that they sometimes are just smaller ones with high turnover rates. And I knew that I had consistent income, but I knew if I targeted the 1%, even in a recession, 1% can always travel. They're the rich. Um, and if I target the 1%, I'm going to have less headache with people trying to haggle me down on the price. If I target the 1%, even in a pandemic, we have people that will fly private jets into St. Bart's so they can stay for a week. We just had a guy who's a billionaire. He took his private jet into St. Bart's, paid 57 grand for a couple of days in St. Bart's. And it's nothing to these kind of people. So what if we could deal with these kind of people where we have less headaches and uh, we know we can keep a, a consistent clientele? So we created Plenty of Villas. Plenty of Villas off the premise of Plenty of Fish because it's a catchy name. Plenty of Fish is a dating uh, website. But we wanted Plenty of Villas. Uh, and what we were, our intention was is we wanted to create uh, the next luxury retreats. But we wanted to do it in a way where we could have it at a membership level. What Airbnb is missing is they're missing memberships as well. We still have to integrate that. We're still very young. We're only a year old um, and we're learning still lots, but we want to have it at a membership level and we want to be able to take some of the craziest properties. We have castles in Italy that we can't list on Airbnb because Airbnb only allows us to charge 10,000 a night, right? There's, we have an island near Necker Island in the British Virgin Islands. Like you can't list that on Airbnb. So there's things that Airbnb limits. And I think that no, we're not going to be Airbnb's branding. They're a billion dollar company. It's just not going to happen. But we can also have, uh, we're, we're an extra arm, like a booking or an Expedia. And to create a booking channel that's well-recognized takes a long time. But if you do it with the right network, you can actually do it with not much money. We have zero investors. Um, and what we do is, is we start to integrate ourselves into... Um, uh, travel agents. Travel agents have clientele that are always looking and more travel agents that you have behind the scenes, they're going to send you direct bookings. How powerful are you and how more powerful is your pitch? If you have a network of people, whether at the corporate or personal level that you can send to a client, Hey man, you know, we're not just going to list you on Airbnb. We're going to bring you direct bookings and we're going to charge you nothing for it until we make you money. Meaning we're putting our own funds up because we're so, uh, you know, we're so confident in the fact that we're going to bring you more money. And so who's going to say no to that? It's a no-brainer offer. I don't have to run Google, Facebook ads. Of course you can, but I'm just using a network of people that are already in the network and they're spending money on their marketing. So we're just piggybacking off all these other guys' marketing dollars, the brand, the image, everything. And uh, over time, you get one client who stays with you. You keep them in your Rolodex. You have an email list of customers who are in that 1%. And you know what you do for rich people? You, you, you take the time to uh, <laughs> wish their dog a happy birthday. That's what they like. They want to be VIP. And the VIPs will spend more money uh, and, and never forget you. And they're going to they're gonna refer their other rich friends. And so I'm not saying don't go after the average Airbnb unit. But I've learned the hard way that um, I wasn't scaling at that level. Like for you wanting to build a, your, let's say you're trying to build your first six-figure Airbnb business. You can do that with four or five units. Like we know that. That's not hard. Um, it's hard if you don't get your systems in place though. You can make many mistakes and you can lose it all. Um, but if you're wanting to go to the next level, you want to go to seven, eight, and I mean the, the forbidden nine figures or 10 figures, um, you know, we, you, you, have to, uh, you have to get to a level where um, you're not sitting there having to onboard uh, and furnish. And I'm not saying that's not the way to go. Don't get me wrong. You can do amazing that way. There was a lady named Julie who sold her 8 million revenue Airbnb business the other day on, on the clubhouse. And uh, she killed it because you can go that way, deal with less people uh, and less units. But our, our, the way we see it is why don't we, inter- why don't we integrate resorts? Um, why don't we integrate hotels? Why don't we integrate management companies? Why don't we integrate corporate housing? Why don't we integrate RVs? Like over time, we're not just going to do villas. We'll do everything. Um, but our main priority right now is the 1%. And so that's it. Like we just, we want to onboard the big guys, but also the, the, the technicals behind the scenes is super confusing. Um, creating bilateral APIs and making sure that we have a, a CMS and PMS and we have our own custom PMS system now. We've used Guesty, we've used Hostfully, we've used IGMS, we've used them all. And uh, it just doesn't work with what we're doing. Fantastic platforms, just not what we need. But yeah, that's pretty much it, man. I love that. And I was going to, yeah. I was going to dig a little deeper on that. Cause it, like the systems, and again, like you said, whether you're at four units or 4,000 units are crucial. Yeah. So totally. kind of walk me through that process now from kind of that evolution of like, you're using a custom PMS now that yeah. you've kind of built out to cater to your unique business model. What does a team look like at 4,000 units now? You know, what's crazy. The team's not big. <laughs> Um, the, the team's not big, believe it or not. We're, we're, we're hiring more people because we're starting to scale now, but, 
the team is actually quite small. It was just Otis and I uh, and one developer initially um, where that we, we would go in and we were using our partners. So how this looks, and this may be confusing to people that don't know what we're talking about, a PMS system is a property management system. And uh, Guesty is, for example, Guesty is another property management system that can integrate to all your booking channels, Expedia, Agoda, Mr. B&B, TripAdvisor, all these other ones. And so people get fixated on Airbnb only. So the steps that we've taken, and I mean, at five units, I mean, you could integrate those units into IGMS. It's another one. It's a Canadian one. Um, and they, uh, and you can just literally press a button, log in your Airbnb accounts all in. You have a unified inbox, connect to home away. You're off to the races. It takes a day. But when you're talking about doing 4,000 units, it's like, some our biggest client i think has 1100 units with us but they don't want those properties on um airbnb so they're all exclusive direct bookings um and so we have to go in and some of them actually had no pms system believe it or not they're writing it down i don't know how um wow. <laughs> yeah wow. and they so we had nothing to connect with but for example we'll integrate with cloud beds into our pms system we'll create bilateral apis if it's a hotel uh, within like cloud beds or something like that, there will be like, uh, I don't know, 15 King rooms or 15 junior suites. So it's just mapping out and actually counting how many listings you duplicate the listings on Airbnb. And then you're basically mapping out in the cloud bed system and telling it, Hey, if one of these, re- one of these rooms get booked, you're saying that this listing, uh, it'll just block one of the listings off. It's very confusing because we're also not, we're also not taking the full calendar. We're only taking what they're already booked on. So we have to actually pull that data. If you use an iCal, iCal won't fully take all the information and send all the reservation details of the customer over. So it has to be a bilateral API. And sometimes you have to create backdoor keys and all these things. Again, I'm not a coder. This is what our developer has said, but I understand the fundamentals of how it's engineered. You have a hub, your nuclei, which is going to be your PMS. And currently we have our own custom PMS because we've just tried so many and uh, I find with Guesty, for example, you got to integrate to Rentals United and then there's all these other things. And it's just very confusing. Um, I think that's another opportunity in the market for a SaaS-based company that wants to step in and just go, hey, press one button, it goes on 32 sites. You have all your photos, everything is transferred over instead of having to log into each one and redo the listings. You know, yeah. it's just a lot of headache. I think yeah. there's a missing component there. Um, and maybe somebody will create this. And so... For us, we, we're not creating a SaaS that's available to everybody. We're just doing it because we need it for our own company. But we want to control the entire supply chain. We've lost lots of money um, just you know, learning the hard way of what works, what doesn't, losing reservations, having to pay our commissions out on reservations that didn't come through because we double booked. Um, I know this may sound like a kerfuffle, but if you're getting started in this Airbnb space, it, it is as simple as finding, you know, analyzing a good deal, getting a homeowner to say yes, getting the keys from them, listing it, taking great photos, doing SEO and listing on HomeAway, VRBO, Expedia, Booking.com, Airbnb. Those would be my top five. Um, And then just connecting them into a system. Like you can do that in no time flat. One weekend, you're good to go. But like, um, and the reason why I'm not scared to come out and be on these podcasts and say this model to people is because 99.9% of people will just listen to it. And I've had three, three students out of hundreds and hundreds of people that have come through and my top student has over 500 units. Um, and he uh, has just partnered with several hotels, called him the other day. He's having the same kind of issue where he's trying to figure out how to set up the system. Um, and so for me, people go, well, why would you need to teach if you're doing so well with Airbnb? And this is always a common question. I teach A because I love to, like, I just love to talk about the things that I've been able to learn, fail and succeed on so other people can adapt to it. But number two, when I teach, these people are learning exactly everything I know um, because I'm not holding back. I'm not giving you 50% of what I know. It's 100%. And that's generating leads for me to do business with them. So they could bring units to me as well. So I'm actually generating more leads out of this. um, And they're winning too because they're earning commissions. And so it becomes just a, a, a beautiful flow. And I think that um, God, like five years in almost now, it's just like Airbnb was so simple. You could list your, you could list your unit. You'd be booked out hundred percent. You're good to go. Now it's getting more competitive and you're starting to create, like, I think what we're seeing is like a baseline wherever you are, whether you're in Boston or South Florida, you know, it's, you, you're starting to see like 
there's thousands, thousands more units coming online. The supply is increasing. So you're starting to see people lowering their price, but there's always going to be a baseline and Airbnb skyrocketed, I think 17% on the stock today. You know, they're doing fantastic things. They canceled all the, uh, the bookings in Washington for the inauguration week um, and paid all the hosts. You know, they almost got crippled. Brian Chesky said the CEO and co-founder of Airbnb and uh, the pandemic, they almost lost everything in six weeks. I think they lost like $17 million, something like that. I can't remember. But if they can make it through that, you know, I don't think it's going to get worse from here. I think people will want to travel more. They will. And, and I know this touchy sub- subject, but some people are going to take this vaccine so they can travel. Some people don't believe in it. You know, some people are going like, uh, I don't know what to do. Do either, either you're going to, you, you get COVID, you inject COVID, whatever you're going to have to do, but people are going to want to travel and they're going to eventually come to a point where they're going to say, Hey, you know what? Um, you know, I'm willing to do this just so I can get on a plane because people are going nuts. It's depressing for a lot of people. And let's be honest here. A lot of people are listening. They're trying to find the next thing. Um, and they may not have anything going for them. Um, there's times where I've sat and I'm like, Oh my God, I don't know if Airbnb is for me because there's just so much going on. Um, but I realized over time, like you just have to keep going. And that's so cliche, but like, you know, I think a lot of people are listening to look for the next best thing. And whether they listen to you guys, do you guys have a program as well, by the way? We do. Yeah, we my, do. My, Take my, the down program, whoever's listening to this. To, to your point though, it's, it's funny, same exact thing, right? Like we do really well with the properties. Like we're in the boutique hotel space now and I love it, but nice. the teaching is just fulfilling. And to your yeah. point, I have students that are trying to scale and they're bringing me hotel deals that I'm partnering with them on now yeah. and everybody wins and it's just fun. Like yeah. it's just fun. It's crazy. And it, it, you know, uh, some people bash people that teach and whatnot. Okay. If you're not doing the business, but all you do is teach. Okay. I could see an extent of why you're getting hit on the, or you're, you're, people are, you know, pissed off at you, but if you're actually involved in the day to day and this is your job, um, you know, I think you have every reason to, to share as long as you have been successful in that business. Um, and if you're already in the boutique hotel space, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's not many people that are, um, yeah. which is interesting. Can you exp- actually, I want to hear more about your, what, how are you involved in the boutique? Yeah. So same thing. I built a, a co-hosting model, a management model, like you were talking about, where I do a revenue share with the owners. And one of my owners, I focus working with investors because they're always buying more property. They're always telling their buddies who are in real estate and it grew organically. And one of them is a developer and he brought me this kind of rundown boutique hotel, oceanfront, sick location. And he was like, Hey man, like would this work with your model? And I looked at it and I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Right. So we implemented, you know, the contactless check-in, uh, self-service, basically everything. We built like a sweet club room lounge for guests to use, but there's no front desk. Like there's no check-in. It's like automated. That's And, uh, we crushed it, man. Like we opened, we bought it in February of 2020 opened in June after some renovations and uh, we doubled the valuation on that thing in nine months. So it's, it's unbelievable. And we're doing another one in March. We've got it lined up. So, um, but I love what you're doing because you're, you, you're doing this at scale. And I totally understand the inner workings of what you're talking about because I use cloud beds for the hotel and I, I know, and I use Guesty for the short-term rental. So I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but what you're doing to scale it that way, you're essentially like a booking engine for them, right? Like, are you handling the guest communications? Or are you just essentially generating them bookings and leads? Like, We, we handle guest like? communication prior to reservation. Once they're reserved, okay. the lead is sent over and that's it. Yeah, I yeah. love it. And love that it. way, that's why your team is so small. Because also you don't have, you're not dealing with cleaning. Like the cleaning is taken care of by the hotel or whoever it is. Yeah. That way you're literally headache, headache free. That's it, man. And uh, I mean, we have three VAs we actually just hired this week because we just don't want to do like Otis was doing a lot of the communication and whatnot. And we had one other guy, but um, you know, we're, we're scaling our team that way. And we do want to bring on like employees, social media, things like that. But at the core foundation of this, like Airbnb um, spends billions on their brand already. They're already generating the leads for all of us, um, which is fantastic. It's so good that like, it's almost bulletproof. It's crazy. Like it's crazy. Yeah. I, yeah. I think uh, this hotel model has me thinking now, now I'm not even thinking about what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk offline. Cause I yeah, think we both got yeah. some stuff we could talk shop on. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Um, now I forgot my train of thought anyways. Let's, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> what's so that? I, I actually want to bring it to, so where, 
where do you see what one? I mean, I wanted to ask you what yourself see yourself going from here, but I think your answer is just going to be more and bigger. So that's, that big. probably, yeah, that probably answers it. Right. But yeah, for a lot of our listeners, right. I think a lot of our listeners fall in, into either one or two categories. So people that have a few listings that are really trying to grow and scale and yeah. people that are really trying to just kind of jump through and, and you have coach and mentor a lot of people, but you've also probably have done this because Every entrepreneur, I agree with the statement you made earlier, we're all kind of born this way, right? It's a very particular breed of people. Yeah. Um, and we and we recognize each other, right? Like you you recognize the people that are like you. Um, but if there is somebody that is on the fence, how can you help them? Like what what advice would you give them? And what would be if you were going back knowing everything that you know now? And, and you were like, okay, is January 12 or 13, this is my year. What would you tell them? Like, how, how can they make this year the year that they actually do it? So I think the first problem with people, um, and I don't want to even just give vague answers. I'm going to give the exact answers, is like, they have a mindset issue, but we were talking about undercover billionaire. Um, and one thing Grant Cardone did right off the bat is he provided value to a mattress company. And he got paid 10 grand in two weeks, right? Whatever is that. Yeah. And what I loved about it is he showed so much. Uh, maybe he, maybe one day he listens to this podcast, which would be awesome. But he showed so much um, uh, like hustle. And the guy's just like, I don't even get why you're doing this. You have to be that guy. And so if I go back and I know everything, <laughs> I know everything I know now. Obviously, you know, you don't take the directions that were wrong, but I would, uh, I would say to, I, I, would, I would tell somebody, Hey man, you, like you don't need credit. You don't, you don't need cash really to get started. Yeah. You open up a business, things like that, but you don't need those things. You can literally go and go within your, your network. If you go on your cell phone right now and you text 10 people that you have a good relationship with, text them your favorite memory together, respark a conversation, give them a FaceTime today. Like those people know you already well enough that that trust barrier is gone. Everybody knows somebody who has real estate. Everybody knows somebody who might have an extra home. Everybody knows somebody who's struggling right now. So why not fill those rooms that, you know, if they have an extra room in their house, whatever, and manage that property and even do it for free for two weeks if you have to, whatever it may be, offer the free value. But if you've got no money right now, you're sitting on shitty credit and you're like, I know nothing about real estate. It's a very simple process. You're finding people with empty rooms, empty homes um, or second homes, and you are filling the void using Airbnb. Airbnb is busy right now. I've been busy and domestic travel is up. People are wanting to travel a gas tank and a half away for the next vacation because they're not getting on planes as much anymore. But I think that if I went back and I got no money, I'm a student again, like 100%. I am reaching out to my closest friends and family. I'm FaceTiming them today. I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm breaking the ice with like a fun memory. Um, And then I'm going to get into, here's my new business model. Will you support me? Um, I'm not asking for money. I'm asking for your connections. And if you can, you know, I owe you one, whatever it may be. And if there are good enough people in your life, they're going to help you out. Because again, it could be one bed. You know what I mean? Like a friend of mine, Brian Page, he's a, he's a big uh, Airbnb seller as well with his program. Um, he's actually a really good friend. And he, he started with just his one bedroom uh, with his condo a couple of years ago. He created a, a great program and he's done very, very well with uh, his sales on his course. So I think that for me, I would do more value. I would quit asking for the money up front. Um, I would just simply provide the value, get you know, if you have to go, and this is something I don't always recommend, but if you really got no money, your cell phone can take great photos. You can Photoshop, use Canva, things like that. But also, I mean, I remember being at a point when I was in like grade 12, I had like 150 bucks or something. And uh, I was doing like fitness. And this reminds me of Airbnb because you need great photos. And I'd go to like Best Buy, I'd get like the nicest camera on a credit card <laughs> that I could find up to my thousand dollar limit. And, uh, and I would use the camera and then nicely put it back about a week later after getting my work done so I can make some cash. I'm not saying go do that, but I'm saying like, this is the level of stuff you have to get to because you have to, you have to show performance and value. And if you're offering free value, you know, that's, that's what I would do. I would do, I would use my friends and family, use my network of people, 
get on clubhouse if you can use linkedin because that's where the decision makers are that's where we land our clients like most of the time linkedin we're finding ceos and owners right on linkedin not instagram um yeah and that was my next question right because i saw that in our in our guest questionnaire and i was very curious to hear kind of like what that looks like and and if you can kind of give us give us your message like what's what's the sweet sauce like how how do you what's the language you use how how do you do it and what kind of um, how do you identify the people that you're looking for? Obviously, if you're looking for a CEO of a big hotel, that might be easier. Yeah. Um, but how do you, how are you doing it? Well, we were using a bit of automation before a friend of mine created a company called uh, clicked in out of Toronto. Um, and it was an automation software. They partnered with IBM Watson and it's like, uh, it was smart enough to know as like a chain of messages that would know when somebody responds positively and it would notify and the system had two different responses, just like a, a mini chat bot. Um, and then that would actually get them into a call and then a, a link where it looks like, you know, we filmed another presentation specifically for them. But we found that we were actually getting better results, quality over quantity. So we changed that to manual work and then we brought on salespeople um, and salespeople had, you know, our certain pitch, our pitch and to be transparent with you guys is uh, this is what we currently have in properties. Like let's actually go back to when we had, didn't have any of these properties. So like, let's just say we, we rewind um, and we're trying to land our first big deal, which was St. Bart's. There's 230 villas. St. Bart's is a beautiful island. If you never heard of it, it's like, that's where Grant Cardone just actually went on vacation. Um, and so there was, uh, we, we had to reach out to these people. I think it was on WhatsApp, but they they gave us our their WhatsApp number through uh, LinkedIn. So we were searching like islands because we wanted to find like the most exotic luxury places people were traveling. And so we would search it and then we would find the CEO, like you said, um, or we could literally type in CEO or owner. And then using uh, the LinkedIn navigator feature, we could go in and look at employee size, the bigger the company, the more properties. We actually weren't looking for too big a companies, usually zero to 50 employees. That way we knew we could get to the decision maker quicker instead of trying to be like, oh, we have to go through by VP and then COO, all these things. So it's like zero to 50 employees. Um, and uh God, I mean, our first PowerPoint was created the night before by Otis. He's really good at like Photoshop and stuff like that. So he like made these beautiful like visuals. Um, and then we started using Prezi. Um, and realistically, our pitch was this. We said, to be honest, guys, you know, I've been involved in the Airbnb space for the last four years. I've done everything from rental arbitrage uh, to owning, to managing, to working with hotels. I have experience in that, but, um, what we want to do, we don't want to be a traditional marketing company for you. We don't, we don't want to come in and sell you SEO and Facebook advertisements and charge you a premium of 5k a month. We want to come in and bring you more of what you exactly need. That's more customers, more money coming in the door and residual customers. And so how are we going to do that? Well, we're leveraging billion dollar brands like Airbnb and yes. And I, I say the objection right away. I say, yes, you can put your properties on Airbnb. Are they on there? They're not. We've already checked. However, you guys are on Expedia and booking.com and all those other ones. But what we do different, and I've created a model. It's actually a strategy I teach in the program um, where I drive more traffic to my Airbnb listings using ex external sources like Facebook ads at a dollar a day. What that allows me to do is push more eyes, targeting more of a worldwide audience to my Airbnb listing getting me hundreds of views more than my competitors a day. And as long as my Airbnb listing is converting and uh, actually making uh, reservations, I rank up organically in the local search results, getting me more bookings as well. So there's an extra push. Like if you think about fast and the furious, that's my NOS. And like, so that that's what I was using. Um, and we still use as a strategy. And so um, I had explained that to these people and they're going, okay, that makes sense. But it's like, you have to break it down. So si si uh, simple. So if we said, we're going to use Airbnb, we're going to use, you know, Mr. BNB or any other short-term rental platform that you're not currently using. We're going to integrate that in. We're going to pay for the legals, the developers, the ongoing uh, support systems, the communication, uh, the marketing, everything. And we have our own custom platform called Plenty of Villas, where we're going to integrate that in and we're going to get you direct bookings as well. So we're not just relying on these brands and things that you can do yourself. We're bringing you more business by actually fronting our own capital, like Airbnb's done. And then we charge typically 15% on that deal. We would take about 15%. And so the more units we get, we work on that percentage. If it's a low amount, we'll try to go for 30. If it's just like one or two or three units, we don't really deal with that anymore. So it's like 15 usually. And then um, we, we, we leave the ball in their park we, and they, it's a no brainer offer. We're going to bring you more business. We don't get paid until we send you the funds and you pay us our commission. 
we're a super affiliate finding you leads, not only on a platform that's already worth billions, but we're using our own too, using an ecosystem of people and travel agents uh, that we've already created in the back end that know who we are. So we're just looking for more supply so we can fill that void. So there's no reason for somebody to say no at that point. And that's how we landed our first client. Hey, oh, <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> yeah. I love that's it. Great. I love yeah. it. And I love, and I love because that's, that's a question that I get a lot on my coaching calls is like, well, what if they say this yeah. and, and the best way and the way that most salespeople do, and it's the same thing we coach people on when you have a problem with the listing that you have, don't hide from it. Say it, say it first, because if you say it first, then you're the one that is in control of the situation. So when 100%. you know, when you know your objections, just think about how to solve them and then introduce them and solve them all at the same time. That way there's no, there's no objection anymore. That I try to say that to people. And I think sales is a scary thing for a lot of people naturally. Like, you know, um, and I think Grant Cardone's awesome at this. I know I keep referencing to him, but I'm watching him more and more. And I've always had mixed feelings at first about him, but I, I know why he does what he does now. He's, and, you know, if you, if you don't monetize right off the bat, if you're not going in for somewhat of a sale, but you have to provide that value. Like I know my objection, especially I'm going to like master lease or rental arbitrage or any of that. Um, and I have Otis here, by the way, guys, I wanted him to come say hi. Yeah. Um, love that. Is, is, it's usually time, money, things like What's that. Otis? Hello, guys. What's going on, man? <laughs> we, we, heard, we heard you're all the brains of this operation. So congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> so, there was, uh, yeah, I know Otis was part of my program. Um, we were just talking about objections. Like I actually just kind of broke down our whole pitch when we landed St. Bart's initially. Yeah. We gave them a no-brainer offer. Yeah. And it was like, why wouldn't you do this? We're going to bring you direct bookings and we're going to rank you in the Airbnb system yep. and get you more. Absolutely. So we're, we're talking, they're also heavy into Airbnb and whatnot. I didn't inform them on this, by the way. So I just told them to come upstairs and oh, awesome. say, <laughs> and say hi, but uh, we're, we're live streaming to Facebook and then they're also doing their podcast here. So oh, awesome. um, I wanted to introduce Otis because he's not been on anybody else's podcast that I've been able to talk on because we never usually together. We're on different sides of Canada. So um from a sales perspective, and we're talking about objections, what do you think are the biggest objections to like why people would say no, or what do we handle to get these larger clients? Uh, the biggest objection is, uh, you know, why can't we do it ourselves pretty much? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we pretty much tell them how, how we can go by doing it. Pretty much the secret sauce, I call it, mm -hmm. right? Just kind of separating ourselves from anybody else. And at the same time, they have nothing to lose. Yeah, literally. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was explaining to you guys, like, um, and, and if somebody is just wanting to start with one rental arbitrage model, you have to think of this way. Would you give up to your house to a stranger to Airbnb out and you don't know these people coming in and out? There has to be a high level of trust there. And there has to be a high level of expertise and there has to be a high level of likeliness. I have to really, really like you to even just start listening to you. And you know, like when somebody's, you go to buy new jeans you know, how can I help you? Uh, can I help? And can I take that to the change room? You don't want to be bugged initially. I'd rather be helped and informed and actually make that decision on my own. And so I think a lot of people and whether you're teaching or whoever, you know, we're, we're all talking about the same objections is like, if I go to somebody and I tell them, Hey, can I, and I, and I guarantee if I called somebody and I just gave them, Hey, can I Airbnb your house? Uh, <laughs> they're going to say, no, they're going to say, no. 100%. They don't care, whatever. But I have to build. And if you have nothing in your portfolio yet, my first deal, I was just transparent. I just said, you know what? This is my first rental arbitrage deal. I am doing Airbnb. I am not a full expert in it, but at the time I was a super host because I had done a few bookings. It was great. And that helped me a lot. But I think for people just starting out, their biggest problem, and you said it all the time, is, yep. is a numbers game. They're not putting enough numbers out there. You're, you, might, you might actually literally might get 99 no's, but you might get the one yes. Um, and if you're getting 99 no's, it's your pitch, it's the way you're presenting and it's how you're coming across. Because I would say one in five pitches should be a deal. If not one in two, one in three, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. I tell this story a lot <clears throat> to the students when they always ask like, how quickly am I going to get a deal? Right. Yeah. That's always a question. Right. Yeah. And I say, well, when I got started, I didn't really know what I was doing. It took me nine months to get my first deal. Nine. Really? Because I sucked. Like I was an accountant. I was, just, I was an accountant. Oh, I didn't know how to, there you go. I didn't know anything. Like I was like, I'm trying to build this thing up, but I had a strong enough why that I was like, I am going to do this until I get a deal. Now to your point, it's 
it's like, it just comes second nature now, but initially like, yes, you need a framework, which would have helped a lot at the time. But if you don't get up and take the bat, like there's just this innate fear of, of the no, but if you break it down, it's like, what are they going to say? No, like it's not this big (laughs) scary thing. I think, uh, and I think for most people, like when they get that, no, it's like, it's like when guys don't want to get rejected by girls, like (laughs) it's the worst feeling, right? You don't want to be, nobody wants to be rejected. So, you know, you're, you're nervous to kiss that person or you're nervous to hold their hand for the first time, or you're nervous to ask them out or, and I think for people in sales is you just have to have, and that's why it's a certain breed. Like we said from the beginning here, like you have to be able to get a hard no, but if you're getting a hard no, there's a reason. And, and again, Grant, that's a level of a yes, right? To an extent, a no is a yes to an extent. Um, you know, they gave you a response, but they're saying no. And, and, and uh, if Emmanuel said, like, if you are getting to a level where you already handle all those objections, you know, I, and I would say this to the homeowner, you know, I know you're worried that you don't know every customer coming in and out of this property, but I want you to understand that Airbnb does soft background checks on every guest that comes through this property and they're getting even better by having, you know, ID verifications and email and, and uh, ratings from other hosts, if you want to have those features on. And so I like to say, you know, we, we try to target business type travelers, people that are here, not for parties, etc. Plus we'll install a noise aware in the property. So if it gets to a certain decibel level, we'll make sure that the cops are notified or we'll show up and take care of it ourselves. So they get kicked out. And we have proof of that. The next thing is Airbnb covers you up to a million US. But if you want to get additional insurance, like here in Canada, it's called duo.ca in the US, I think it's called point or sharp insurance. Um, you can get additional Airbnb insurance that'll cover you up to 2 million more, or it's variable. So all these things, like if you're taking like my property is going to get wrecked, I don't know if you're going to pay the bills on time. How can I trust you? Um, who are these people coming in and out? Um, all those objections are what they're looking to have answered. So just answer them. And then what you say is what they're thinking. Like, just, just say it, right? Yeah. Like, just say it, just be like, I already know you're thinking X, Y, Z. And what they're going to do is go like, damn, like, it's not a battle anymore. It's not a telepathy thing. It's like, let's just talk about it now. And then boom, you talk about it and you're friends with them. And then they're going to say yes to you because they're scared. Once you're friends with somebody, it's so hard to say no to something like that. Yeah. And they feel seen, right? And they feel understood. And I think there is very much two components of what you said that are so important, especially if, if our listeners are really trying to, let's say you are an accountant, right? And you want to get into this. There is the element of like getting your first couple of no's. Yeah. But also one thing that I learned from one of my mentors is they're not saying no to you. There's nothing personal to you. So if you take anywhere on your skin, this business can be very, very hard on you because if you're taking every no as to it's me, they're saying Braden sucks. You'll be like, oh, I don't want to keep doing this. Right. But the reality is that they're used to just people wanting things from them and not bringing any value. So the moment that you're able to reframe that conversation into, hey, I see your pain points, I see what you're going to go through, and I understand you, who you are as a landlord or as an owner, yeah, yeah. then they're like, wow. Yeah. And first of all, you're not going to get the no, but then if, even if you get that no, it's usually like a knee, right? It's not really a no anymore. It's kind of like, no now, right? Or maybe later. Yeah. But then it's up to you. Are you going to continue to show up and bring value? Because that's really where the being good with your like continuous follow-up really comes in. Because mm-hmm. if you bring value, they say no, but then you insist and you continue to show up and you continue to text them and you're like, hey, I know this was a problem you had. I just saw this new resource that just came out. You should put it. Like you should use it. Mm-hmm. After a little bit, the moment will come that they're like, you know what, man? You kept showing up for me. I'm ready. That's true. Yeah. I never, you know, it's funny. I never actually thought of it that way because like once you get a no, like for me, I like to tell like, and I teach like, ask them why, because like, if I ask you why you said no, then I can figure it out and we can figure it out now, but just don't tell me I'll think about it because we know that's just a buffer for a no. And I'll never talk to you again. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of the time. To your point too, about the objections, I'll ask them. So ask the why. And then it's like, Typically it's one of three things, right? It's like, you don't trust me. You don't think this will work for you or you're worried about your property or whatever. And then you just come out with those objections again and you address all those objections. Right. And it's, it all just comes down to, like you said, they have to like, and trust you first. Like they're, they're investing into you. So if you, if you sound shady or if you don't sound like, you know what you're talking about, what I learned from all those no's was like, you addressed all of those objections. Mm -hmm. 
I just started coming out with those and I'd have a little one pager. I'd show them like, this is what the noise aware looks like. So like, I will know immediately, this is what the camera looks like. These are the locks. You can inspect it, blah, blah, blah. And like, you just get out in front of it. But I agree. No, I I agree a hundred percent. And that's also something I say, like, I even will tell like students to go and make sure they've done their, their reports on air DNA. We use another software called BNB Vester and there's another one called Mashvisor. Those are three softwares you can also analyze. So if you want me to say those again, it's air DNA. BNB Vester and Mash Visor. Mash Visor is only for the US. Surely they cap rate on long term versus short term. But I have them plug in those addresses to wherever they're going to go to that next meeting. And then they'll cross analyze and see how much money they'll make. So they get an average. And then if it's in a condo or uh, something with HOA, they'll call the condominium, ask for the bylaws, and then search the document prior and then search to see if there's other Airbnbs in that area. Because you can literally type in Airbnb, the building name, and then the city. And then it'll show you all the Airbnbs in that actual building. And so it's like, oh, Airbnb is not allowed in this building. Actually, I've already done the research. Here's the bylaws. There's nothing that states no short-term rentals. And then on top, here's all the Airbnb listings in the building currently. Now you, you've taken those objections. You should actually say that prior to them because what you're doing and, and, and a lot of people, you're, you're not showing up to the meeting. You're calling as a long-term tenant and you're showing up to these meetings and then pitching them in person. So it's a shock to them, right? So yeah. you got to be uh, prepared for that. Well, I want to be respectful of your time, both of you guys. This has been massively valuable and I definitely would love to have you both on again at some point. So truly appreciate you guys. But before we get into the last question, uh, where can folks learn more about you guys, what you have going on? Um, my Instagram is Mr. Airbnb. I got lucky with that Instagram username. It was just available. One guy's like, Hey, you're like Mr. Airbnb a couple of years ago. And I got it. I was like, no way. <laughs> so I got that Instagram. Uh, and he is the BNB Mamba. Mamba. <laughs> Hell right. yeah. like that's it. a huge uh, name yeah and you also hell yeah that's yeah. dope yeah. <laughs> i love it there's love a bunch it. of people in, in the u.s right now being like i can't believe the bnb mamba actually lives in canada but that's a whole different <laughs> <story>. <laughs> <laughs> he's here he's actually here yeah he's right here we yeah. got him on the, the live stream that's big promo and we're also plenty of villas so uh we're actually still like our the website's a huge huge project but if you want to check it out it's plenty of um, and, uh, we're still trying to integrate all the properties. That's a, that's a thousands and thousands a of hours. properties. Yeah, a lot of properties. They were asking how many properties we have. I just said about 4,000 total, yeah, but it's yeah, about 4,000. It's not all Airbnbs. Yeah. Love so, it. Yeah. Love it, man. Well, awesome. I'm definitely looking forward to stay connected with both you guys doing some more clubhouse rooms, doing some more stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last question that we like to ask all of our guests is what is your number one secret to success with short-term rentals? What is it for you? For me, uh, a lot of hours of work, persistence, the secret. keep on going. Yeah, it's just yeah. keep going. Keep going at it. Even though you're going to have a lot of ups and downs, you just have to keep on being persistent at it. You know, sometimes it's discouraging, but you just have to find the, the answers to those problems. Yeah, I would say like my, mine is uh, creating the unknown solution. Yeah. And what that is, is like people, 90% of people, I think these older homeowners that have the money, uh, to do it, don't even realize how much potential there is in this. And it's just, uh, I think that people don't realize like you can literally do this with no money down, uh, no credit, a little bit of money if you want to do rental arbitrage, but it's the unknown secret of Airbnb and the power of it. And so, yeah, it's educating and that's it. I love it, man. Well, again, thank you guys so much for being yeah, here. Thank Otis, thanks for coming in on the tail end, man. Yeah, Otis, we love to have you on. Mamba, man. love yeah. it. <laughs> and uh, we'll definitely talk to you guys soon. Thanks again. Really appreciate it. Appreciate no it. Thank you so Sorry, much. guys. Thank you. Hey, STR Nation. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes. And we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.